Good morning. It's, it's good to be with you this morning looking at God's Word. Uh, last week I was away. I had a chance to go visit some family in Connecticut, and uh, Eric started us on the, our summer series. Uh, where you see in the note in your order, we're going to be looking at chapters 15 through 18 of the Gospel of Luke this summer. And this is a section uh, of the Gospel of Luke, a long middle section in which Jesus is on a journey to Jerusalem. He set his face to Jerusalem. He knows that's where he'll be put to death. But as he goes, he teaches about himself and about the kingdom of God, and he invites all who hear to receive him, to follow him, to walk in his ways. And as we begin, we looked at chapter 15. That starts off with three uh, very well-known stories that Jesus tells, the, the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Maybe you're familiar with those, but last week... Uh, Eric led us through looking at the parable of the lost sheep. There was a shepherd who had 100 sheep, and 99 were with the shepherd, but one had wandered off. And so the shepherd goes and seeks the lost one until that sheep is found. And when finding that lost sheep, the shepherd rejoices and calls all his neighbors and friends to come and to celebrate with him. We'll see this morning as I read our passage that the second parable, the one we're looking at today, is similar about the lost coin. There's a woman who loses one of her ten silver coins. And so she searches and searches until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors to come and celebrate with her. Now, Jesus doesn't tell these stories kind of in a vacuum. He doesn't just write them in his personal journal or just to his close friends. But Luke tells us that he has been telling these stories to those who draw near to him that sinners and tax collectors, those who were looked down upon by the religious leaders, they had drawn near to Jesus to hear what Jesus had to say. And the religious leaders were disgusted. They said of Jesus, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Well, Jesus does not back away from that charge, but rather leans into it by telling these stories about lostness and about being found. And the, all three stories, the sheep, the coin, and the sun, they are a chance for us to think again about who is God. Who is God? The stories tell us that our hope is in the love and the faithfulness of God. Our joy is in the fact that God delights in pursuing sinners, pursuing those that others have looked down upon, and bringing them to himself. So let's look at this passage. This is from Luke 15, verses 1 through 3 for the context, then 8 through 10 tells us this second story. You can follow in your order of worship or in your Bible. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, that is Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is God's word given for our good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you've gathered us here, and we, we come as men and women who acknowledge that we need to hear from you. We need your word to speak to us. Lord, be here by your spirit and lift our heads that we would hear the gospel, that we'd be lifted out of our shame and guilt, that we'd find rest and peace and hope in you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, this morning as we look at this brief story that Jesus tells, I want to look at two things, two parts of the sermon. First, I want us to see that in this second story that Jesus is emphasizing, he's making clear that we are valuable to God. That in Christ, even sinners are valued by God. The second thing I hope that we can see is that we are dependent upon God pursuing us. That in our weakness, we depend on God moving to us in Christ. So let's start with that first one, that we are valuable to God. Jesus crafts this story to underline certain things, and one of the things that he's stressing is the intensity of the search, right? The woman is missing one out of ten coins. That's ten percent of her money. And as important as one sheep out of a hundred is, we would say even more important is one coin out of ten. Now, I imagine, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but I imagine that's a little bit of a stretch for us to relate to a shepherd and keeping track of sheep. Maybe you have that experience in your background. I don't know. But I imagine most of us can relate, though, to a story like this of losing something, losing something in our home, misplacing it and needing to find it. Think about for a moment the things that you lose, the things that you've lost. On some occasions, sometimes we lose something without really thinking about it, right? I'm, but then all of a sudden we find it again. I'm thinking maybe of you know, a book, a photograph, a record, an article of clothes, or some shoes buried deep in your closet. And when you all of a sudden come upon it, you were saying, I forgot I even had this. Wow, that's great to find it. I forgot it was even something I had. And I mention that as a contrast because that's not at all the story that Jesus is telling. This is not some kind of accidental discovery, a, a pleasant thing that you've come upon, you know, buried in your storage. This is something that is intense. Here is a loss that is fills with stress. It must be found. It's a loss that we stop whatever we're doing in order to search and find that thing that is missing. And what does that look like for you? I'm sure there's all sorts of things that we can think of that fill us, maybe with stress upon it being missing. Your phone, a wallet, credit card, a set of keys, an important keepsake, something that's been given to you by a friend or family member, your passport. The list could go on and on. Something that you need to find. And if you can think of something that it's missing would fill you with a sense of stress and dread that moves you to search in that moment, then you're getting close to what Jesus' story is hitting upon. I found it. Here it is. That type of emotion upon discovering what's missing, that's what Jesus is saying this woman experiences when she finds the coin. This woman is portrayed in Jesus' story as likely a kind of a village peasant, and so presumably living in a limited economy. In that culture, it was not uncommon for the wife to keep the family money on a chain around her neck or in a rag that was tied up in someplace precious. For this coin was important, 10% of the money. And 10 coins equaled roughly 10 days of work. And imagine if any one of us dropped or misplaced or lost a day's wage, we would be troubled. We would spring into action searching or sending an email to our, our boss, our payroll, we would take the time to find what's missing. And we can maybe picture this woman, picture a woman that she goes to the chain on her neck or the, the rag that ties up these coins, and suddenly upon looking at it, she realizes one is missing. 
One has fallen to the ground, one's hidden under a table, one's fallen into a dark corner of the house. And as the story unfolds, as Jesus tells it, this diligent search, we see the coin's value. A lost coin doesn't lose its value. We know this, right? A lost coin, even though we scurry to find it, it might tarnish with time these silver coins, but it retains its value. And I want us to see in the story that Jesus is crafting is he's inviting us even to think about our own identity. That you and, and me and all that, the people that we would meet, that we are crafted, fashioned after God's own image, made precious by God, given by God intrinsic value and worth, is a dignity that cannot be reduced, it cannot be destroyed by anyone or by anything. A few summers ago, my family and I had the wonderful opportunity to go to Amsterdam for about a month. And there was a number of great things to do in Amsterdam. And, and, but one thing that we did, we went to the Van Gogh Museum, Vincent Van Gogh Museum, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful even that my children were excited about seeing the different works of art that were on display. But one of the things that comes out of Van Gogh's work, and he was part of others that were doing this, is that it was painting people whether it's portraits or seeing them in their life. But one of the things that Van Gogh did, he didn't just paint people who were famous, who had titles, or who were somehow significant in their settings, but that Van Gogh painted common people, if you use that term. One that's well known is a portrait of his mailman. Another, he has a drawing that he did of women that are digging up potatoes out of the ground. And this was not an accidental thing, but that Van Gogh and other painters like him were trying to point to the glory that exists in humans. Not just those who are royal or who are powerful, but all of us. Van Gogh, when talking about this, when being asked about this, said one of the strongest pieces of evidence for the existence of God is the moving quality, the beauty, and the expression of a human face. There's something precious, something noble that cannot be meant for the worms. And Van Gogh is talking about that in his words and painting that. He's getting at what Jesus is inviting us even to picture or understand in the lost coin. And if you're like me, how badly do we need to hear, even if we know it in our heads, sure, we're made in the image of God, but how often do we need to hear and be reminded that our value and our worth is not rooted in other people's opinion of us, their evaluation of us, or certain economic measurements. This is not just an encouragement to us, right? It is part of the prophetic voice of the church, a prophetic voice of blessing to our neighbors, to say that all people here, even those that were labeled sinners and tax collectors, that they have value and worth in God, and that no government, no religious leader, no economic category, can alter what God has given. This value cannot be changed, for it's rooted in God Himself. In a society that wonders about who to welcome, that often reduces us to economic or consumer categories, how much we have or how much we can buy, we proclaim God's Word, that Jesus is inviting us into the story for us to see that we, that all people, are valued by God. And a part of this value that God communicates and gives to us 
It's connected to the truth that we are remembered by God. The woman doesn't just you know, forget about the coin. The woman notices this and moves to find it. In Jesus' setting, most homes were small, and most were dark with only a few slits for light. And it was not only dark, but typically the floors of the homes were made of dirt or some kind of stone or covered with straw at different times. Therefore, we can imagine the woman's coin, it would be easily dropped and kind of overlooked, covered with straw or concealed in the, the dust, fallen between stones. And however we picture it, whatever story we imagine, if we enter into what Jesus is crafting, it's a chance for us to think about what it's like to be forgotten. It's possible that the coin could have been left. How many of us know what it is to be forgotten? To be out of mind? Left behind? Disregarded? Sometimes people hurt us by the words they speak to us. But you know this, sometimes they hurt us by not speaking to us. They hurt us by ignoring or acting like our experiences do not matter. And when Jesus tells this parable, he is inviting all who hear not only to feel the value of the coin, but to feel the reality that God remembers that which has been lost. God remembers us. Jesus' parable speaks of this reality. We can picture the woman lighting her lamp, putting the light up as high as possible in the house. Picture this woman sweeping every inch of the floor. Picture her getting down on her knees to search in the straw or in the stones. She remembers and she values this coin that has been lost. And she seeks diligently, Jesus says. What Jesus is inviting us to feel in that story is that in Jesus, this diligence of God is on display. In Jesus coming to us in his death and life and resurrection, in Jesus we see and proclaim the truth that God remembers us and lovingly pursues us. The first thing we see in our story, this brief story that Jesus tells invites us to feel the the weight and the glory that we are valued by God and that God does not overlook or forget us, but God sees you and sees me. The second thing, though, I want us to reflect on is that this story invites us to embrace our dependence. Another part of our story, to embrace our weakness. As we picture a coin hidden from view, I want us to think for a moment, what does it mean to be lost? What does it mean to be lost? Each of the three parables, as I said at the beginning of chapter 15, there's the lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost son, And all of those are giving slightly different perspectives on what it means to live apart from God, to feel lost. In the story of the sheep, we might ask, you know, why do we wander? What does it mean to wander? Why does the sheep wander from the shepherd or wander from the flock? But what about the coin? If we think about a coin, coins don't usually wander, right? Right? It's lost of no apparent fault of its own. It got knocked off the table. It fell out of the purse. It found its way onto the floor. There's a passive nature to the coin's journey. And as we imagine Jesus' story, we must admit that the story of the coin is never fully our story. 
where we play an active role in finding ourselves apart from God or apart from others, apart from even ourselves. You see, even at the end of our story, Jesus speaks about repentance, this idea of turning and moving back to God. But the story of the coin is important. And that passive nature is important for us to think about lostness or our experience of being lost for how often or what it's been like in our life or those around us that we love to have hard circumstances, to suffer, to go for a long period of time of things not being the way we long for them to be, to be overlooked or be hurt by others, broken promises, a family with little or no example of what it means to to follow God, mistreatment by the church or by those who claim the name of Christ, the painful loss of those that we love or broken dreams, things that did not work. We could go on and on, right? The list that you and I have experienced, things that are part of being pushed off the table, finding ourselves buried under dirt or tarnished by the life's experiences, finding ourselves hidden or in a dark place. Jesus invites us in to think about what it means to experience that. But he also is doing something special in that story. In Jesus' day, there was a rabbinic writing that was well known that a common story of a man seeking a coin. A man seeking a coin. And in this rabbinic story, it was told to emphasize the importance of us seeking after God's law. The coin is God's law, and we are responsible to find it, to seek it out. And the story, we, you and me, the hearer, are the seeker, and the truth of God is the coin. I don't know for sure that Jesus knew that story, but I imagine something that might be playing off. Jesus often took things and twisted them. And here we see that Jesus' story is very different. You see, a couple of simple changes radically changes the nature of what Jesus is inviting us to feel and to imagine, to understand. In Jesus' story, who is the coin and who is the seeker? We, we are the coin. We are the one that's down into the dirt or lost in the dark corner. And God himself is the seeker. God himself is this woman who is seeking diligently to find what is valuable and what is lost and what she knows belongs to her. Therefore, we are invited to see part of our identity if we have faith in Christ, if we turn towards God, that we are the found ones. We are the ones who have been remembered. We are the ones who are beloved and valued by God. It's interesting maybe to ask, why does Jesus tell three stories in a row that have kind of the same theme about lostness and being found? One of the things maybe to think about in Scripture when you see a repetition, that one, it's important, and two, it's something that we tend to forget, tend to struggle to understand. And I think part of the reason that Jesus goes at this story, goes at this at different angles three times in a row, is that he knows our hearts And that we don't want to give up being the seeker. We don't want to give up being the one who's going to find things and make things all fit together. How quick am I to forget? How quick are we to forget? They're slow to understand. How quick are we to assume that our hope, our hope is in our diligence. Our hope is in our perseverance. Our hope is in our strength to find things. But here the lost coin is certain to remain lost 
until it is found by the one seeking it. In the same way we cannot find ourselves, Jesus' story stresses our need, our spiritual inability, our dependence upon God's activity for us. We need to hear this story over and over again, for it invites us into the gospel that our hope is not resting in us, that our value doesn't rest in us, but our hope rests in God's movement and pursuit and faithful love for us in Christ. Last month, or I'm sorry, earlier this month, there was an author named David Pallison who passed away. He was the executive director of a place called Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. He was the editor of the Journal of Biblical Counseling, and you might not be familiar, but he has a number of books about change and growth in life. And he passed away earlier this month after fighting cancer. But back in May, he was invited to come to a seminary and give a, a, a closing remarks as part of the seminary graduation. He wasn't well enough to be there, but he wrote some notes that he asked to be shared with the graduates. A significant part of what he wrote about was human weakness, about dependence. He writes in one part, as I face my weakness, as I think of the scriptures, Romans 8, 26, it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He goes on to write, this reference to weakness is singular. It does not say weaknesses as if giving a list of sins, A, B, and C, or sufferings, X, Y, Z, but weakness singular as a comprehensive description of the human experience. We're perishable. We are mortal. We face a multitude of afflictions in our lives. We are sinful, bent in our heart from pride or self-righteousness. We're afraid of others, a multitude of desires and fears that beset us. Yet the mercies of God meet us in our weakness. He goes on to write and say that Psalm 40 was especially meaningful to him. It talks a great deal in Psalm 40. He writes about fruitful ministry and joyful worship. Yet King David summarizes himself this way. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. But the Lord thinks of me. Jesus' image of the lost coin speaks of our value, but it also speaks of our weakness and our dependence. And for us to receive it and hear it, it means us to think about that in our life. That our story of the coin includes value, but also includes being tarnished, being marred. The story, more than any other two story, puts stress on the inactivity of the coin. A coin can't cry out, can't find itself. The only hope of the coin is the searching of its owner. And we're reminded of this condition when Jesus says that he came to seek and save the lost. That Jesus came to actually enter into the dark corners, into the experiences that push us off the table, the things that hide us or mar us or tarnish us. That's the wonderful news of the cross of Jesus. Jesus has come to pursue the lost. He's hung on the cruel tree, crushed by the leaders of his day to take hold of those who are lost, those covered in the dirt. And what does the woman do when she finds the coin? She returns it to the chain around her neck. She puts it back in the rag that holds her precious coins, that it belongs to her. It is her valued possession. This is the work of the cross, Jesus taking us from those who are marked by lostness, by being forgotten, 
that we are valued and remembered that we belong to God. This is the work of the cross. And therefore, as the woman holds up the coin and celebrates and says, I found it, here is my coin, come and join me. It's an invitation for you and for me to turn away, to repent from putting hope in our economy, hope in our prosperity, hope in my diligence, to entrust again my life, my value, my salvation, my forgiveness to the diligent searching of God and Christ for you. I invite you, let's do that today, to turn again to the God who brings peace and hope to us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are, and I thank you, Lord, that you are good to us. Thank you that you meet us in our places of hurt, places of lostness, that you do not shy away but enter in, that we may know the joy of being found. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray.